God bless you. So we are talking about restore, support, and strengthen from the perspective of faith. Our text this morning, our text uh, this morning, pray for my voice this morning, is found in the gospel that has been recorded by St. Mark, amen, chapter 5 and verse 34, and we're reading from the Message Bible. Mark chapter 5 and verse 34, reading from the Message Bible. Amen. The enemy doesn't want me to preach this, but it's too late now. God has already given me this message. Listen to this text, if you will. Mark chapter 5, verse 34, from the Message Bible. And it reads, Jesus said to her, Daughter, you took a risk of faith. Now you are healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. And we ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Once again, the text in Mark 5 and 34, the Message Bible says, Daughter, you took, listen to this, a risk of faith. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you from the subject that's lifted directly from the text, from the subject entitled, A Risk of Faith. A Risk of Faith. There is a powerful, iconic, 14th century French proverb that simply says this, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Listen to this, 14th century French proverb that goes like this, nothing ventured, nothing gained. This proverb has been interpreted to mean that if someone is not willing to make and to take risks, then they are in all likelihood will not be successful. Leave that on that screen for a moment. Nothing ventured, nothing risked, nothing gained. If you're not willing to take risks, then in all likelihood, you are probably not going to be successful. Most successful, and I know um, that is a relative term, but most uh, successful people that I know are those who have not been afraid to take what I've called the appropriate risk at the appropriate times in their lives. Most people that I have worked with that I consider to be successful. Now, let me put a footnote on that. Everybody that has a lot of stuff are not people that I call successful. I don't, you're not successful by what you drive or where you live. My definition of success perhaps is somewhat different than what others may call success. But success to me, those individuals uh, that I've seen that I consider to be successful are those who have been willing at the appropriate time to take the appropriate risk. Let me share with you two Examples that we are familiar with. The first one is Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, uh, one of the greatest fighters of all time, is quoted as saying, he who is not courageous enough to take risks will accomplish nothing in life. Let me give you a little background on Muhammad Ali. Born in Louisville, Kentucky, began fighting at age 12, at age 
18 years old, he became a gold medal winner in 1960, winning the light heavyweight championship or gold medal. At age four years later, uh, he became the heavyweight champion of the world, defeating Sonny Liston. We should know that because uh, Muhammad Ali kept saying to Sonny Liston, what is my name? That, that famous quote. He was courageous. He was a risk taker, not just in his career, but perhaps the thing that I admired about Muhammad Ali more than anything else was in 1966 when he refused to go to Vietnam. And for five years, he was stripped of his title and he wasn't able to fight. He knew that it was a huge risk to buck against the government at that time. But morally and from a principle standpoint, he felt that he could not go. And he stood up. He took a risk of courage in the face of adversity. And yes, he suffered five years, no activity, no way to make a living, but yet it was turned around in his favor. He who is not courageous enough, Ali says, to take risks will accomplish nothing in life. And then the next example is that of a young man, in fact, born in 1984, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, he founded Facebook at 20 years old, a second year college student at Harvard University in his dormitory room along with other young people and other friends. Started a company uh, that was uh, aimed at just helping college students stay connected to each other. But he was willing to risk. He has a quote that says the biggest risk is not taking any risk. Zuckerberg went on to start Facebook at 20 years old. Sometimes later, three years later, this was in 2004. In 2007, he made history as the youngest self-made billionaire ever. Uh, just at 23 years old. Today, Mark Zuckerberg, who's like 36 years old, uh, is worth over $100 billion. Over $100 billion. He made a risk. He decided to drop out of college and to put his effort in his business, and it paid off. He said, once again, and I quote, the biggest risk is not taking any risk. Now, this next point is so important. Please listen to this. Taking risks does not mean making what I've called uninformed, ill-advised, or foolish decisions. Taking a risk should be no substitute for your willingness to do the work. In other words, a whole lot of lazy people say, well, I just want to take a risk. <laughs> successful risk takers not only are successful, they do their homework. They study an issue thoroughly. They also seek advice and listen to wise counsel. Let me say that again. Wise advice from wise counsel. Not everybody on social media who's giving you uninformed peanut gallery advice. Just because someone has an opinion does not make them an expert. And in this age where every Tom, Dick, and Harry can express their thoughts and sentiments and anybody can become an expert by just calling themselves one, it is important to know where we get our advice and to seek 
wise counsel uh, from wise individuals. Taking risks, it is important, but it is also important, listen, to do your homework and to do your due diligence. Now, just as it is important to understand the value of risk taken in our natural and in our professional lives, it is also just as important to understand it from a spiritual perspective, from a perspective of our walk with God, from a faith perspective. It is important to understand that without faith, Hebrews 11 and 6, it is impossible to please God. For the Bible defines faith as the substance of that which is hoped for and the evidence of that which is not yet seen. And so faith risk, a risk of faith is trusting God when you don't see the evidence. A risk of faith is stepping out on God's will for your life when nobody around you perhaps understands what you are doing. A risk of faith is trusting that God will make a way somehow. All month we're going to be talking about the faith perspective of how it is important for us that if we are wanting 2021 to be a year of restoration, a year to be strengthened and supported, then we need to understand that faith, somebody ought to just tweet out the word, type out the word, send out the word faith. Faith is going to be the key to our success in 2021. In our text, as we turn to our text, let us examine the testimony of someone who was willing to take an incredible risk in order to receive the miracle she really needed from the Lord. This is a wonderful text. I love this text. In fact, I said to the virtual audience this morning at 8 that it is my goal to preach from this text at least once every year because uh, it, is, it has such great lessons for us as believers. Our text involves a woman, and this is so crucial, who is only identified by what she was going through and not who she actually was. Every example I will use this month, the other two examples, they meet the same criteria. We know them by what they were going through. Her name is not given. Now, I will confess that a lot of this is chauvinistic. A lot of this uh, was based on the biblical writers at that time. They were all men. And quite honestly, no disrespect, but a lot of the disciples were chauvinistic men. And a lot of the writers of that day, and so a lot of the women accomplishments were not highlighted uh, in their narrative of the gospel account. All you have to do is look at where the text falls. It falls in Mark chapter 5, and it has been called the sandwich miracle. Because it falls in between Legion and Jairus' daughter. And what is so ironic is that Legion was a man possessed and they still wanted to know his name. <laughs> what is his name? Uh, Jairus' daughter's name was not given, but Jairus' name is prominent in the Bible. And so in between this is what I call the most, in my opinion, greatest of all of these three miracles. A woman who's known by her condition. See, if you only know somebody by what they go through, uh, then you can marginalize who they are. The King James, in all due respect, 
refers to her as a woman with an issue of blood. The Message Bible identifies her as a woman uh, who suffered a condition of hemorrhaging for 12 long years. See, you can marginalize someone. You can minimize who they are by concentrating on what they were going through. She is just a woman with an issue. She is just a woman who struggled with an issue. You don't have to know her name. There's a wonderful secular writing uh, that was published in 2016 by an African-American poet by the name of Bianca Lynette Spriggs. And she writes a book of poems that's called Call Her By Her Name. Uh, that was the mantra of the Bianca Taylor situation in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, when she was brutally murdered by law enforcement breaking into her house. Uh, the activists of that day took uh, Miss Spriggs' book and began to say, call her by her name. Just don't say, oh, she is the lady who was murdered. She's the lady with an issue. Call her by her name. This woman never had that honor. None of the women I'm going to talk about this month never had that privilege or that honor, but it did not marginalize their testimony. <laughs> uh, it did not minimize. In fact, I will argue with you that some of the greatest uh, miracles in the Bible happen with situations like this. And this is perhaps one of the greatest of all of the 57 miracles that Jesus did throughout the Bible. This poor, unrecognizable woman who had been sick for so long. <laughs> the Bible said that she heard that Jesus was passing by. That in self infers she had faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. She wasn't the only one who lived on that street. She wasn't the only one who had a house and who had issues uh, that Jesus passed by. But perhaps she was the one who had enough faith to know that if I can just get in touch with him, I believe that something good can happen to me. Uh, she heard that Jesus was passing by, but she had a challenge. May I preach this? She had, uh, Pastor Matt, a, a challenge. Her challenge was, I am not supposed to leave my house. I have a sickness that required me to be quarantined. It did not suggest you are quarantined. It required her to be quarantined. It required her not to be among people, much less in a crowd. Uh, she was to isolate herself, to quarantine herself, and as long as she was sick with this illness, if she ventured outside of her house, anyone in the crowd had the legal authority to pick up a stone and to stone her to death, mm, to execute her right there on the spot. If they recognized who she was and if she was caught in a crowd or among people. However, here is what she believed. She believed that the risk was worth taking because she had faith in a man who was about to pass her house. Can I preach to somebody? She believed something about Jesus that the others in the crowd perhaps did not believe. For the Bible says that she had already said, if I can just touch his clothes, if I can just get close enough to touch, the old church says, the hem of his garment, 
I will be healed. King James says, I shall be whole. Now listen to what is so ironic about this gospel narrative. She knew that she could lose everything. She knew that in fact she could lose her life if she was caught. But she had to calculate. She had uh, to, to look at whether the reward is worth the risk. I'm preaching to someone. And in her mind, if I can get to Jesus and touch his garment, uh, even if I'm stoned to death, it's worth it. Now, here's something that really jumped out at me. And I've preached this for so many years and not even realized this until I read an account uh, of this uh, gospel narrative. And it said something that stuck with me. Pastor Willamette said this. It says, now, even if she had been healed because she violated the law and left her house, she could still be stoned. And so she knew that I could die, but at least I'll die whole. <laughs> at least I'll die touching his garment. It reminds me of an Old Testament narrative that says, if I perish, let me perish. I am going to get in touch with the king. She had already insisted that I'm going to meet Jesus. Now, what happened next is so profound. This woman made up her mind that I am going to leave my house. And then the next part of the narrative blesses me in such a way because see there are a whole lot of people initially make up their mind that they're going to take a leap of faith but once they get out there and encounter the obstacles they back up and return to the house they don't go through it because they're not willing to press their way through it they're not willing to endure the obstacles in order to get to the blessing they so desire. But this woman with this issue for 12 long years, look at the parallel, even before I get uh, to her fortitude. Look at the parallel. She had been sick for how long? 12 years. She was interrupting Jesus' trip to Jairus' house to heal his sick daughter who had been sick for 12 long years. She was interrupting a VIP, a prominent member of the society in which everybody knew his name. I feel like preaching. Uh, the reason the crowd was so large, uh, Dr. J. Vernon McGee says, is because not just because of Jesus, it was because it was a celebrity's house. That Jesus was on his way to. But in order to get to the celebrity's house, he had to pass the house of an ordinary woman whose name we did not know. And here Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house. The Bible says the crowd followed him. A large crowd gathered all around him. Now, use your imagination and imagine this feeble, weak woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. That, from a medical standpoint, tells you something about her bodily condition. It tells you that she was fragile, she was pale, she was anemic, she had been losing blood, so she did not have a whole lot of physical strength. But she had enough strength and enough faith to press her way through. How many of you are pressing your way right now? How many of you are going through what you're going through right now? Songwriters say, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining each and every day. It's a press, but I'm going. It's a struggle, but I'm going. 
Someone is you wake up and your bodies are racked with pain. And some days you don't even feel like getting out of the bed. And sometimes you don't even feel like worshiping God. But you know how to press your way through the obstacle. It's a good time to put a press my way through praise on it. Come on, guys, right now, somebody lift your hands and tell the Lord, I'm pressing on. I'm Come on, I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on the upward way. Whew. So listen, here's what makes this miracle even so phenomenal to me. Not only did she have the faith to leave the house, she had the faith to weave and to navigate through obstacles and through people that were stronger than what she was in order to get to Jesus. See, they followed him for the spectacular. She followed him for the miraculous. Oh, somebody just caught it. I wish I had time to preach this. A whole lot of folk are following Jesus for the spectacular, but are you following him for the miraculous? Is there anybody right now that you need a miracle? There's a miracle needed in your house. You need God to do something for you right now. Somebody lift your hands and say, right now, Lord. I dare you to say, right now. Lord, touch me. Right now. So here she is. Here she is. Weak, feeble body. Anemic body. Pressing her way out of the house. Could you imagine what the enemy said to her? The first strong man she met that knocked her to the ground. The enemy said, oh, go back home. First person she met that pushed her to the side. The enemy said, you ought to go back home. But when you make up your mind. For God I live, and for God I... Anybody ever came to worship sick? Anybody ever praise God not feeling well? Anybody ever reached out to God not knowing how things would turn out? I dare you to give God your best praise right now. Woo. Listen. My time is almost up, but I have so much to preach on this text. Listen to this. She said, I don't really want to go to Jairus' house. <laughs> Did you catch it? I'm not in the crowd because I want to go to the Kardashians' house. I'm not in the crowd because I want to follow the next great superstar. I am in the crowd because I really want to get to Jesus. And my testimony is I don't even want to stop his flow. I don't care if he ever recognizes my name. I don't care if the crowd know anything about me. I have enough faith to believe that he doesn't even have to lay his hands on me. But if I can just touch part of his clothes Woo. Woo. I'll get my miracle and the Bible says she pressed her way out use your imagination again here it is her weak feeble hand now I'm told from a medical standpoint Elder Jimmy you may understand this more that when, when you don't have the proper blood flow they cause a little wrinkles and stuff in your hands and your hands are kind of withered up and they're really cold because you are, and I'm going somewhere, you are anemic, and so your hands are wrinkled, and they're old, and they're cold, but you're reaching those old, wrinkled, feeble hands to just touch his garment. And the Bible says she touched him. And verse 29, the New Living Translation says, and immediately, whoo! The bleeding stop. Who am I preaching to? God says you don't have to wait until next week, but somebody can get your blessing right now. Immediately, the bleeding stop. Listen how the Message Bible puts this. The Message Bible says she could feel uh, uh, in her body. 
She could feel the change and knew that her plague was over and done. Ooh, can I tell you what this really means? What she said is that I believe in my body that it's done. That word means it's complete. Because somebody would have said, well, you feel good for a day, but what's gonna happen tomorrow? She had already made up her mind that she is healed today, healed tomorrow, healed next week, healed next year. It was done. Her plague was over and it was done. She could feel the change. Woo, I, I got to go, but can you feel the change in your body? And she knew that it was over and done. Now listen to this, realizing what happened, Jesus gave her an opportunity to share her testimony about her blessing. Woo, can I take a few more moments to preach this? You all bear with me. I want to I get to this. Jesus never had to ask the question, who touched me? Whenever he asks a question, it is not for his edification or for his information. It is for our edification and our blessing. He already knew who had touched him. Ooh. He asked the question for her sake. In other words, Jesus says, I know you're already healed and blessed, but I'm really going to test your faith out. Are you willing to testify about your blessing? Ooh, who am I preaching to? I, I know I got to go. I, I know it's already after 12. I, I know I got to wrap this up, but I just feel something. After you get your blessing, are you willing to testify? Are you willing to come forth and says, God did this for me. Jesus says, who touched me? Verse 33, the message Bible says she knelt before Jesus, acknowledging that it was her. And I love the last sentence of that verse and gave him the whole story. Good God Almighty. Okay and told him the whole story. The whole story involved all 12 years of your sickness. Told him the fact that I spent all my money. Told him the fact that I'm as broke as I can be. Told him the fact that I had the faith to believe if I can just touch you, I shall be made whole. And here it is. And here is the text. And here it is. Verse 34. Jesus then turns to her. Ah, she had been healed. She had shared her testimony. And here she is kneeling before Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus turns to her. And he redefines who she is. <laughs> ah, good God Almighty. She started out as just being a simple woman with an issue. But Jesus now redefines who she is. Daughter. <laughs> catch it, somebody. Somebody catch it right there. Daughter. <laughs> it's not how you start out that matters. It's who you are after God blesses you. You may start out as someone who's made a mistake. You may start out as someone with a reputation that is not so cherishable. Ah, but he changed her description. <laughs> ah, I got to get out of here, but I'm, I'm working with that. You are now a daughter. Look at what she said. Message Bible. Message Bible says, Daughter, 
you took a risk of faith. <laughs> Everybody else around me are just spectators. All these other folk in the crowd, they just want to go see the next great spectacular thing that I could do. But daughter, <laughs> you took <laughs> a risk of faith. You risk your life <laughs> to touch me. And notice what Jesus says. Now, two things. You are healed and whole. <laughs> Good God Almighty. Not only are you healed, for you asked to be healed, but I'm giving you more than what you asked for. Healed means the bleeding stop. Whole means I'm going to restore everything you have lost. Restore means I'm going to give you back all that you've lost. Everything you went through for the last 12 years, I'm going to restore it back. I'm going to make you whole. I'll make your finances whole. I'll make your health whole. I'll make your relationships whole. Then Jesus says to her, live well, live blessed, and be healed of your plague. <laughs> what a miracle. What a miracle. Uh, all the faith walkers right now throw those hands up and say, Lord, I thank you. <laughs> Lord is worth the risk, Lord. Lord is worth the risk. <laughs> it's hard, but it's worth the risk. I struggle, but it's worth the risk. All the airplane rides bill is worth it. All the sacrifices is worth it. Mother Jackson, all the prayer for your grant is worth it. It's worth it, 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 it's worth it. Ah, somebody text out, send out, tweet out, it's worth it. Not only, not only did you get what you asked for, you got more than what you asked for. It's worth it. It's worth it. Give God a praise. Give God a praise. Give God a praise. Somebody give God a praise. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. It's worth it. 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 Don't dance, don't dance, just praise it for a moment. It's worth it, it's worth it, it's worth it. Woo. Come on, Zion. Come on, people of God. Leaving the house was worth it. Stepping out on faith was worth it. Trusting you. Woo. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I've got to go, but I thank you, Lord. Listen, I want to leave you with these three key points, and I'll just read them. Go back and look at three key points, three key takeaways from this woman's experience. Ooh, I can't get it's worth it out of my spirit. <laughs> Who am I preaching to this morning? Somebody, it was worth you leaving the house. It was worth you taking a risk. It was worth it. Listen. Three key points. Point number one. If we want the blessings we so desire, we must be willing to take a risk of faith. In other words, leave the house. <laughs> Walk beyond your comfort zone. Go beyond the things that make you feel comfortable. It's worth it. <laughs> ah, this message is for somebody. Key point number two. 
we must be willing to press our way through the obstacles that are standing between us and our blessings. Can I tell you something? Just because you take a step of faith doesn't mean your blessing is right there waiting on you in your face. Sometimes even after you have made a step of faith, a leap of faith, a risk of faith, you have to go through some things. Come on, praise team, before you get your blessing. There are many obstacles standing in between where your faith started and where your blessing will be manifested. You've got to push your way through some obstacles <laughs> to get to where your faith is leading you. Elder Jeff, I just want to preach on that for a while. Sometimes you got to push your way through some stuff just to follow your faith through the haters, through the naysayers, through the folk who doubt you, through the folk who lie on you, through the folk who are trying their best to hinder you. Just come on and do your hands like this and push your way through it. <laughs> Get out of my way. <laughs> Tell them, move out of my way. I may be weak and feeble, but I know where I'm headed. And then here's the third and the final point. Your faith, and let me include all of us and say our faith, will eventually pay off. The text says that she was healed and she was made whole. The old folk used to sing, serving the Lord will pay off after a while. It was worth it. It will pay off. On the other side of your faith journey is a miracle of restoration, is a miracle of renewed strength. So help me visualize this as we close this message. She left the house anemic, feeble, and bleeding. But when she returned to the house, she was standing straight, Blood wasn't flowing out of her body anymore. <laughs> and her feeble body began to strengthen again. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I got to go. I got to go. But somebody shout, it's worth it. <laughs> Woo, it's worth it. When, when God gets through blessing you, God says, it's worth it. And all of this was because she was willing to take a risk of faith. Listen, there's a wonderful anointed song by Kurt Carr that simply says, I believe God. We've chosen this song for our altar experience and the altar is so important. It is so important. And I encourage none of you to leave before the altar has been completed because from my past experiences, I've learned that a whole lot of deliverance happens at the altar. <laughs> and although you're not at 2440 Atlas Road this morning, this day, your altar is wherever you are right now. Kurt Carr writes this song and it says, people ask me, isn't it crazy to believe in something you can't see I want to read the lyrics of this song because they are so they are, they are so inspiring and people wonder why do I still ponder over old dream that appears will never be you see my faith is strong and anchored my faith cannot be wavered my faith makes the unknown reality. Ooh, and one day, if I pray, I know my dream will come to be. For I believe God. He is ooh, incredible, 
invincible he can crumble the impossible yes I believe God and although my faith is sometimes test on the shaky road I trod I believe God listen to this when life storm is harsh and bitter and my ambition starts to wither I won't be driven to crumble or complain you see doubting God oh, I love this doubting God is never an option to consider I've seen too many miracles hidden inside my pain I believe God by faith my miracle my breakthrough I believe God and the song ends with these words that I love so much God can and God will <laughs> how many of you believe God right now Janelle Mitchell and the Bible way praise and worship team coming before us right now wherever you are come on hang in there stay with us right now God's gonna bless somebody with a miracle right now come on Janelle tell us right now listen Ooh, yeah, yeah. Mm. people ask me Sam. is it crazy Ooh. to believe in something you can't see Wonder, wonder uh, why do I still ponder over an old dream, old dream. that appears yeah. will never be? Janelle, you see, my faith <laughs> is strong and anchored. Is anchored. My faith hey. cannot be wavered. My faith Ooh. makes the unknown uh, reality. And Ooh. one day if I pray, yeah. I know my poor dream will come to be. Invisible, he can conquer the impossible. Yes, I believe God. Although my faith sometimes is tested on this shake, I'll try. And bitter, uh, my ambition starts to wither. Uh, I won't be driven to grumble or complain. You see, doubting God is never, never an option, the option uh, to consider. Uh, I've seen too many miracles. I've seen too many miracles. <laughs> Hidden inside my pain. Of things uh, hopeful, uh, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, you're singing your God song. God works yeah. in mysterious, mysterious way. way. Oh, my faith and my miracle. Oh, my miracle.
around the house saying God can God will I drove down the highway saying God can God will I prayed over my family God can God will trust by faith you've got to believe that God can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can even ask or think there's a number there's a contact on the screen right there call us let us pray with you let us pray for you let us uh, believe and touch and agree that God can do what no other power can do I believe God the reason we take a risk of faith is because we believe on the other side of this God can restore support and strengthen us God can heal our feeble bodies God can restore our finances God can touch our family members close those eyes if you will eternal father we thank you we bless you we thank you right now for reminding us that on the other side of this is our miracle. Our faith will propel us to leave what is comfortable 
and to take a risk and to press our way through the obstacles that are standing in between us and our miracle. <laughs> but we trust you, God. We trust and we believe in you. And we say thank you. Thank you for this message. Thank you for those who so faithfully share it with others. And as others watch this message throughout this week, we pray that these words transform their lives. And they too take a risk of faith and trust you even when they can't trace you. <laughs> this is our prayer and your name we pray and give thanks. And wherever you are, tell the Lord thank you. Uh, call that number if you, if you need to be saved. It is all about a relationship. See, she believed before she left the house. <laughs> and if your faith is wavering, if you don't have faith, if you want to be a faith walker, if you want to be a believer, call us right now. Anytime, we will pray with you. Pray your way through it. We encourage you to sow the seed into our vision offering as we have said so often this year and we are so grateful. I told you that that vision offering has blessed me in so many ways because it's God's way of saying to me as my dad would say, I told you so. And God is blessing in so many ways because of your faithfulness. $7 a week, perhaps some of you can get more. If you don't have it, then we understand this is not about the amount that you give, but be a part of the future that God is doing right now. As we prepare for the Holy Communion, I've asked the praise team to transition to this one song as Pastor Mac comes back because it's in my spirit. Bill, you messed me up when you sent me this song earlier this week. The old hymn of the church as Mac come that simply says this, my faith ooh, looks up to thee. O Lamb of Calvary. Ooh. This woman had to have enough faith to look up to him. And so as we prepare the transition to communion, ooh, Bill and the team is coming. They are coming right now to tell about faith looking up to God. God bless you. Amen. Uh, hashtag a risk of faith. Amen. My Amen. Faith Ooh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know I've got to leave here, but I just feel something I right now. Darling. I love that song. <laughs> it's been ringing in my spirit all week, mother. Say <laughs> Now, now, now he hears me. Uh, while uh, I pray, uh, take all away on this first Sunday. Holy, holy, Ooh. let me from this day. Holy, thine. Amen. Thank God so much for that powerful powerful message a risk of faith thank you to elder bill and our praise team for that song as you prepare for holy communion we ask that you go ahead and get these sacraments prepared in your home and then we're going to come right back and read our scripture and then we'll administer holy communion
scripture says for I've received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he break it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever should eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us to enter into this holy communion. God, we thank you for the bread that represents your body. We thank you for the wine that represents the blood that you shed on Calvary. Bless us as we partake in these holy sacraments. In your name we pray. Amen. As we get ready to enter into and take our Holy Communion, the scripture says, and on the same night in which he was betrayed, he said, take, eat, this is my body, which has been broken for you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which has been shed. For as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. Let us all commune at this time. Say, Jesus came and he did it. One more time, say Jesus. He did it just for you and just for me. Amen. Right before our closing prayer and benediction, we want to remind you that Pastor Willie Mae Jackson is the guest speaker today at 3 o'clock outdoor parking lot service. For the Peaceful Baptist Church, that's Pastor George Curtis Patterson. 
a great friend of ours came from Unity Church, right from Pastor Julia Lakin's church, celebrating his seventh anniversary. And our very own Pastor Willie Mae Jackson is going to be the speaker. We ask that you join her for that outdoor parking lot service starting at 3 o'clock at Peaceful Baptist Church off of Fairfield Road. Let us pray at this time. Father, we thank you for our holy communion. God, we thank you so much for the word of God, a risk of faith. God, just like you did it for that woman, we believe that you can heal our bodies and make us whole. Now, God, dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. Let us find peace in our homes. Let us find peace wherever our destination takes us. In your name we pray, and all of God's children said amen and amen. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, or if you were moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share with your family and friends. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bibleway Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website at BWCAR.org.